Welcome to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Our focus is the novel coronavirus. I'm Josh Sharfstein, a faculty member at Johns Hopkins and also a former secretary of Maryland's Health Department. Our goal with this podcast is to bring evidence and experts to help you understand today's news about the novel coronavirus and what it means for tomorrow. If you have questions, you can email them to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu for future podcast episodes. Today, Stephanie Desmond takes a look at restaurants during the pandemic, how some have closed, how others have pivoted to serve takeout customers, and what the future may hold for dining out. She talks to two people in the Baltimore restaurant scene, Barry Yanowitz, bartender at Brewer's Art, and Carlos Raba, an owner of Clavel. Let's listen. Barry and Carlos, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So um, we, you guys have two different stories to tell about the restaurant industry and the lockdowns associated with the coronavirus. Here in Maryland, um, it's been about two months since bars and restaurants were ordered closed by the governor. Barry, you work at Brewer's Art. Tell me a little bit about how things have happened in your world in the last two months. So Volker Stewart, the owner of Brewer's, uh, proactively closed us on the day that Governor Hogan announced the mandate. He saw it coming. He figured it'd be a day or two at max. It turned out to be the same day. And he did it in the interest of our, our health, the staff, our patrons' health. Uh, things were changing rapidly as... We remember, you know, no one had any sense of how things were going to change, how long we'd be closed for. We didn't know as much about the virus or its transmission. And our ability to pivot or transition was limited. We don't have the infrastructure for it. We didn't do takeout or delivery beforehand. Our menu doesn't easily lend itself to it. So we didn't have supplies on hand for takeout. We didn't have relationships with delivery services or our own drivers. Our space isn't great for waiting areas. We have a quirky old mansion as a as a building. You know, things like, I mean, we make beer, we're a brewery, but we don't have growler fill stations. We, during regular service, we fill growlers off the taps. We don't have a growler machine. We don't can on site. So we can't just transition to that. Um, so we shut down entirely. We have a pretty big staff as we waited to see if it would be two weeks or longer. Um, and once you're shut down, reopening has different challenges, much bigger challenges. Uh, you become more, your costs go up your operational costs, the same things that you have nor during normal service. You have food costs, higher electricity bills, your labor costs, et cetera. So we closed and we decided so far to stay closed until we get a better sense of what's going to happen. And Carlos, you guys did something a little different. Tell me about what's going on at Clavel. So, so yeah, we, um, we closed uh, the day of March 16. Um, that's when, um, when we sat down and actually... Uh, look at what was going on. And then we were at the same pace that, that we didn't know what was going on. There was not a lot of direction. So, so, but the circumstances is that we have 65 plus employees in, in, in Clavel. So it was, it was responsibility of how we continue providing services safe for the environment, safe, safe for the employees and safe for the community and, and, and still be essential. So we totally pivot to change the menu 100% change the systems of, of packaging and starting reinventing, rethinking and, and brainstorming of how we're going to take care of people in 48 hours, how how we're going to compensate the people staying at home, 
how we're going to compensate the people working for us because they are the ones coming to work and being essential to our community and to the business so 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 we can have a, a goal for the future so it was it was writing a, a business plan on, on on 48 hours it was very stressful it was I imagine it was very hard for 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 myself and my business partners and still is because it's on a day-to-day basis that you that you're making decisions and you're making decisions that you affect a lot of people and the like uh, very I mentioned the uncertainty of what's going on or or what's next is it's hard like we have right now there's the stuff that, that I'm struggling today they're not the same struggles that I had the first week is and then you see a pattern of the struggle with uh, food supplies, um, uh, people too, how people feel in. So it's a total different different uh, a system and a different business that we run now. Mm-hmm. And so you have c- converted to a takeout operation. So yeah, we did Pisic Corey and, and, and how it works is that um, we have the facility that facilitate, facilitate that. We have a street that is not too too busy and then uh, we, we could put with cones and, and not have the contact with people, stay away from people. Also, through that, we put a we put a twenty percent increase on an oral pricing, and that twenty percent went to take care of people that they stay at home because not a lot of people get help from the government. You didn't know when the people were going to get the help from the government, so the twenty percent increase went to a pool that it was distributed to everybody staying at home, and a percentage too to the people who come in so they earn more money for coming to work with the regular that they earn. So, like I told you, it's a whole different system and different different business that we we run in. And the goal, it seems to me, from what you've told me before, is that basically to keep your employees whole. This is not a money-making operation. This is to try to get money to your to your employees. Yeah, um, one of the first things that came into our mind is, is, is essential, being essential, being in, in, and me and, and, and Lane, uh, we are be really big into community. I have a, a non-profit, uh, GM2, uh, next to Club. is like, how can we become essential and, and, and that's the way to do it, taking care of your people and knowing that, that they're making a sacrifice by coming to work uh, and also taking care of the community because you make a difference with, with putting food on a table. Regardless if, if they pay for it, uh, it makes you cozy, it makes you feel at home, and it gives you a little bit of ease at home. So it's, it's, it's also a community service. We're packing, we packing around 300 uh, burritos for, uh, for um, the hospital right now too. And we did a, they come and they pick it up. So yes, we are essential. We need it. It's different circumstances with different restaurants, but, but yeah, we're trying our best. Um, and Barry, talk to me about your restaurant in terms of it's, it's a community, right? And I guess a lot of restaurants are, are sort of communities. And it, that not only are you unable to sort of to feed the community, but I know there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time there, your regulars. What, what's it like without that? Oh, my regular. <laughs> it's there have been so many people who have had so many genius things to say about the role of the bar or the restaurant in the community. Uh, I've read a lot of them recently. I've made the joke often that my job, the most amazing, most gratifying thing about my job, a substantial portion of my job is hugging people. I hug people all day. You know, that's what I do. I make drinks. Yes, I pour drinks, I pour beers, I shake up cocktails. But really what I do is hug people and talk to them about their lives. You know, I know so many people personally through that bar. Our community of regulars, I mean, Brewers has been in business 24 years this year. We have hundreds, thousands of regulars. Some we see daily, some we see weekly, monthly, yearly. Uh, Their lives have changed over the last 20 years too. 
you know, today, literally two hours ago, I spoke to one of my dearest regulars, a man named Dennis, who's in his early 80s, still working, works for the state, actually, um, and just chatted and caught up. I hadn't actually gotten a chance to connect with him. And, you know, we just talked about his grandkids and, you know, his daughter, who's a professor in Texas and is, you know, trying to hold classes on Zoom. These are the people, I mean, we, we share their lives with, you know, our daily day in, day out lives, but also their lives. I mean, the amount of people that in Mount Vernon that pop in just to have a beer to unwind at the end of the day because they don't feel like cooking because they need to get out of their house with their child, many of whom, you know, are regulars also. We, we've had, in 24 years, we've had countless relationships built at Brewers. I mean, that's the thing. People use us as an extension of their living rooms or their meeting place. We, this is where they come to mourn. They come to celebrate, you know, as they transition through various things in their lives, graduations, you know, weddings. That's, that's what we see all day, day in, day out. And that's the type of community that supports us and that we support. And it's lost right now. It's lost. There are, uh, Zoom calls aren't the same. Happy hours virtually are not the same. However, they're helping. Uh, make you feel like you're connected and, and staying in touch with the people who you care about. You know, some of the, I mean, for many of us, especially those who have been at our places of operation for, for multiple years, I mean, I've been for six and a half years now. These are friends, you know, not, a number of them are, are personal friends. You know, I, ha, I was on, there's a weekly happy hour for a group that uh, is in a choir that practices down the street. And they come in usually once a week, every Tuesday or every Thursday. But I've joined their, their, choir zoom call just to say hi and catch up and see their faces and have them you know kibitz basically and chat about how they're coping you know it's that's we have it it's just it's not the same as being next to somebody hugging somebody being able to shake their hand serve them something you know from my hand to theirs Carlos I know that in Barry's case she's been furloughed so she's able to receive unemployment um, in your case, have your employees, some of them been furloughed, some of them still on the payroll? So yeah, you have some some of them right now. Um, so right now we went through a PP loan. So we have right now people working and 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 we have people uh, through that. And we have people at home too getting getting their help. And what I have heard that, that some of them are getting their checks too, but we're still supporting the ones that they cannot receive help. Um, so yes, it's, 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 it's a constant um, communication between our manager, Carolyn, and, and the staff that is at home because most of the, whole, the staff right now, because the, the system change, what, what you see the impact is the service people, the servers, the bartenders, because that's, the, that's what's, what's missing. Right now I have uh, probably 80% of my kitchen uh, uh, working, which is eight, nine people that I have scheduled and is uh, providing burritos and making salads and making uh, the piscicotter run. But um, as we were talking, it's, 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 it's not the same. And, and, and I think it's, um, right now my struggles, like I would tell, tell you, is like a, a pause seven weeks ago the food industry hit a pause. So right now the struggles that I have is, is uh, getting pork, getting meats, getting some supply of, of, of vegetables. Uh, so it changes every day. But, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, people, we're we taking care of people uh, since day one. We, it's, it's been our focus. It's not, it's not uh, uh, making profit out of this. But uh, yes, the answer is yes. We're trying to take care of people and, and we're doing it. And I understand that you've, you know, you run into the same struggles like that I do as a home cook, right? I go to the store and I really want to bake bread, but there's no flour. I mean, are you running into those same kind of troubles? 
Uh, there, there's a lot of travels right now. For example, my day tomorrow is going to be wake up at 3:30 in the morning because I need to go and pick up supplies, meat. I need to pick up uh, from the butcher because the butcher cut his his uh, his staff in half and he cannot deliver at six in the morning like I was, and and so I have to be now the deliver guy. So uh, you have to keep your eye open on pork, the availability of milk, the availability of the first. The first week, it was a milk issue. You couldn't get milk, orange juice, some vegetables. But now, I see a, a, a bigger change. We we very happy to to support local farmers like like um, Little Chicken Farm that we she provides eggs. Like the first week, it was like I don't have eggs, but right now, I guess to a pause with like okay, it's low down, it's back to normal. So it's really who is it getting affected and how is getting affected. And I think the the, the meat industry is gonna have a big effect in this. Are you looking forward to the day they say you can reopen? How will things look then? Uh, well, yeah, so I think our, our business is going to change. Uh, he, he already changed and he's going to change more and he's going to change on a daily basis. It's going to be hard, I think. I think at the beginning it's going to be really hard for bars and, and, and for example, for myself, I have a kitchen bar and a regular bar. We're going to see what the government does and what are the restrictions and, and really think about it because there are restaurants like, like Clavel, Brewer's Art, that they strive of bringing people together. And that is the whole concept of Clavel, bringing people together to ensure, to enjoy our food, our drinks, our space and commingle. Okay. Uh, since the beginning, me and Lane thought about the whole focus of Clavel is having fun, sitting on a communal table. So are you changing your concept or what's coming next? You know what I'm saying? So yes, it's challenges, but but that's that's where you need uh, leadership and 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 people sitting down and, and and really open conversations to see what is next, what is the next phase of Clavel because we don't really know when it's going to be the real Clavel again. You know what I'm saying? So you have to have this um, change of, of 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 business and ideas uh, every day and every week. And Barry, I guess um, it's hard to sit at a bar six feet apart. It is. We're not even sure we're going to have bar seating. I mean, a lot of People across the country are trying to strategize on how do we reshape our existing restaurants with their existing physical spaces and their existing table layout to accommodate what's people's concerns going forward about being in close proximity, the guidelines that we don't have yet from, from the government, from you know industry sources. There's a lot of planning that's going to have to take place in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to reopening. Well, I look forward to coming to both Brewer's Art and Clavel to meet you in person once this is all over. Uh, Barry Yanowitz and Carlos Raba, thank you both so much for joining me. Pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Public Health on Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Please send questions to be covered in future podcasts to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. This podcast is produced by Josh Sharfstein, Lindsay Smith-Rogers, and Lamare Morales. Audio production by Niall Owen-McCusker and Spencer Greer, with support from Chip Hickey. Distribution by Nick Moran. Thank you for listening.